It's time to get down to business on the weekend's number one business program. Known as the king of networking, your host, Shalom Klein, has worked with thousands of entrepreneurs and created countless jobs. So, to success, let's get down to business. And indeed, we're all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship and business. We talk a lot about business here. You're on with Get Down to Business, and I'm your host, Shalom Klein. And remember, you can always download the podcast from Get Down to Business on my website at shalomkline.com. And while you're there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you will not want to miss. So let's jump right in. I've been looking forward to this conversation for a while. I'm thrilled to be joined by Paul Barron, the CEO of The Wall Printer. Um, I know Paul uh, started the company back in late 2019 and we're going to learn all about what the wall printer uh does but uh paul i know uh, you have a uh, very interesting background serving as a mentor at the university of north carolina wilmington um very involved in innovation entrepreneurship and lots of advisory boards paul baron welcome to the program nice to be here shalom nice to be with your audience absolutely so i always love to start with the person behind the microphone um, I can already tell from uh, learning a little bit about your background that you are uh, an energetic entrepreneur. And I know you've done a lot of different things with a lot of different firms over the years. Tell us a little bit about how you caught the entrepreneurial bug and what you want our audience to know about you. Well, I'm 70 years old, so I won't b- bother your audience and bore them with the fact that Paul was born at a very young age and start from there. Um, but suffice to say that um, over the past four decades, um, I leveraged Prior to that, a series of entrepreneurial experiences that spanned um, everything from restaurants to retail to consumer packaged goods to software development, Um, anything that kind of struck my interest. I always found that I liked growing things, the hats I wear the best. I think it's important that people kind of develop their own passion and focus and learn what they like to do, what they're good at. Uh, For me, it was the sales and marketing aspects. I didn't really like the management um, so much. So over the years, I kind of gravitated toward those roles that leveraged my ability to interact with people and companies um, and identify high value target customers, vendors, strategic relationships. And I developed quite a niche and uh, particularly in terms of representing foreign companies who wanted to identify their audiences here in the United States. In the past four decades, I've launched a, a software products for a Russian technology company a media board for an Israeli company, a self-service dog wash for an Australian company, a baby bottle for an Austrian company, headband headphone from a Chinese company, and my most recent venture, which I am now CEO of the wall printer, as you mentioned, um, we're three years into it. Uh, We create business opportunities for people who want to deliver um, high quality artwork from digital art onto any wall, indoors or outdoors, and also floors, because we have floor printers as well as wall printers. Um, We're very blessed that we've put about 91 people as of today um, into business with our machines in their local communities. We're not a franchise, but we just uh, service and support the machinery and the equipment to deliver very innovative art onto walls. So that's what I'm doing now. Uh, As I said, I'm about 70 years old, so this might very well be my last hurrah. Um, But I also do a lot of give back at the local university, helping students, faculty and local community people who have some growing pains in their business. I mentor with about 30 other people in town here in Wilmington and at the university 
doing just that, helping people find their pain points and hopefully drive the solutions that they're trying to offer in their business and adventures. Wow. Well, again, if you missed that, I'm chatting with Paul Barron, the CEO of The Wall Printer. Quite a successor over there after so many businesses across so many different countries. Uh, but now I know The Wall Printer is an amazing way to print vertically. We're going to get into the nuts and bolts of it um, for sure. And thank you for all the give back that you do, as you mentioned. Um, Paul, a little birdie told me that you started your career as a high school math teacher. And uh, I understand you were the most popular teacher and tennis coach in the school. If I may ask, uh, again, going back to that big question of entrepreneurship, what was it that that brought you out of teaching? And what are some of the lessons in education that you've continued to apply in entrepreneurship? Well, Shalom is a great question. Um, yes, uh, my background was mathematics. That's what I got my uh, bachelor's degree in. And I went on to study for a master's degree um, in mathematics and uh, some minor in computer and education. Um, my first job out of college was as a high school mathematics teacher. I'd probably be teaching today if it wasn't for parents and administration. I don't get on well with a lot of authority and direction. Um, I prefer to be a little bit self-involved, which maybe um, was uh, a signpost that I was pointed in the direction of entrepreneurship, or at least having my own business, where I could have more control over what I did and what happened, um, success or not. I'm not going to say that everything I've done has been successful. Um, lesser financial successes I write off as learning experiences. Um, but uh, having been a math teacher, I put myself through college actually stringing tennis rackets for the university's athletic department, where I went to school in New Paltz, New York. <laughs> and uh, part of that state university system. Um, and I enjoyed it so much, I was captain of the tennis team. And um, after I graduated college and took my first job, which was teaching high school mathematics, a friend of mine who I played tennis with, and he was out of work at the time, we decided to open up a little retail shop. And the business bug caught me. We were servicing the local community with athletic goods and tennis rackets and um, accessories and things like that. Um, and uh, I just uh, got the bug on retail and interacting with the customers, I think, was the most satisfying to me. Um, and so and it's I just, been one thing after that, the next, I could tell. Yeah, I grew that to three. Yeah, stores. I could tell it's been one thing after the next. And, and Paul, I want to make sure we spend some time getting into the into the uh, nuts and bolts of the wall printer. Not to cut you off, but uh, I mean, it really it, it's really taken off and it's uh, created and tremendous opportunity for interior designers, artists, architects, and entrepreneurs to print vertically. So we only have a few minutes. I wanna, I wanna learn a little bit more about why the wall printer, what's the strategic uh, advantage to what you're doing versus any other printers that are out there. Yeah, so I found this company about four years ago. I was actually approached by a competitor of ours today, a German product, no disrespect to anybody on your audience that has German heritage. I drive a BMW. I value a highly engineered product. I cook with Henkel knives. Um, but just because something says made in Germany doesn't mean it should be worth twice the price of something else that may be a comparable or even better features and value. Um, that was the case with the vertical printing machine that I discovered through this company because they approached me to be a hired gun um, and help them grow their market in the United States like everything else that I described I did earlier with other products and other companies. Um, I couldn't make the deal with them because at this time in my life, I, I was retired as I have been several times in the past, um, get drawn out by something exciting and interesting. 
And so I found that I'd never seen anything like this before, a vertical printing machine, kind of like your desktop printer, but it can take a, an image, a digital art image, and put it on a wall, any wall, indoors, outdoors, any surface, brick, wood, wallboard, glass, metal, whatever. Um, and so I was fascinated by the machine. I said, well, how come I've never seen anything like this? I found out there were only four other companies in the world that did it. The oldest company, the one that actually invented the technology was a Chinese company. So I kicked the tires of all these companies, um, went to their factories and discovered that this one company in China was what I considered the best one, most feature rich, um, and had the best opportunity to scale and help grow a market in North America. And so I developed a relationship and an agreement with them. I own all rights for this product and I actually co-own a couple of patents with the Chinese manufacturer, unusual for an American company to do that, um, but that's another story. Um, and we uh, have an agreement where I own the Western Hemisphere, everything in North and South and Central America and the Caribbean. And I service this with a business model that I, I deliver the machines and support and training. We actually manufacture our own inks. I have two factories now in the United States that manufacture inks because you have to have the right inks for a printing machine to work sure. day in and day out. Sure. And uh, and today we put over 90 new businesses in in their own exclusive territories. We're not a franchise. We don't reach into our company, our customers pockets for the royalties for their revenue. We just provide the machines, the support, the training and the parts that they need to be successful day in and day out, servicing their local communities of homes, restaurants, schools, hospitals, mm -hmm. anybody with a wall that wants artwork put on the wall other than the traditional methods of just, you know, pictures that are framed or decals or mm -hmm. wallpaper or hand painting muralists. And in fact, most of those people yeah. who do those things find the wall printer is just a way to reliably print on walls for them. Well, well, Paul, I've, I've learned so much in our conversation about the uh, about the uh, about the topic of uh, vertical printing over here, uh, as well as entrepreneurship. And I want to make sure our listeners can get in touch with you to learn about the wall printer uh, and the the impact that you're having, because I know we're going to have to have you back on real soon. Paul, can you share your website? Yeah, absolutely. So, so you can find out about the wall printer at thewallprinter.com. And just look in 15 seconds, you'll see a video, you'll learn everything you have to know about what the machine does, thewallprinter.com. If you'd like to connect with me for just some give back or conversations, LinkedIn is the best way to do that. You can just search for me, Paul Barron, on LinkedIn, and I'm happy to connect with anybody and open a conversation. Well, Paul, uh, you've truly been a pleasure, and I love that term, uh, give back. Uh, certainly what uh, I know is your reputation and is perhaps more important to you than business. And I know in our next conversation, we're going to have to talk all about starting the wall printer. Uh, during this era of COVID, certainly that's a whole topic in itself and so much more uh, to, to pick apart. Uh, Paul Barron from The Wall Printer, thewallprinter.com. We've got to squeeze in a very quick break here and get down to business to show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. But don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We're back, and you can always get to my website, shalomkline.com. That's where you can download the past eight plus years of shows all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm thrilled to be joined by Brian Dyer, an owner and operator of multiple multi million dollar award winning businesses and a full time dad to three, guess what, wild and beautiful children. Um, Brian is also the author of a fantastic book called The Business Beast. We're going to get into that and certainly what, why the title. But Brian Dyer, welcome to the program. Thanks for having me, Shalom. Happy to be here. Looking forward to talking to you. 
Absolutely. So I know you are uh, you are uh, frequently in your Utah home, um, but I know you have you are quite the entrepreneur. So uh, I asked this of all of our entrepreneurial guests on the program. How did you originally catch the entrepreneurial bug? Um, I think, uh, strangely, it's probably not the answer I would want to to give. But I think uh, started kind of as a fear of failure. Um, I kind of found myself in a situation where I was running a business and uh, became a full-time, you know, full custody parent of, of, of my three kids and, um, you know, found myself just trying to not find work, work and life balance, but to be successful in each of those worlds. And as a part of that, um, I, I really stepped up in, in, uh, in, in a lot of different ways. And, um, as I started getting better and improving, I think, um, I find, I found my, my, that I caught the entrepreneurial bug, um, by just wanting to grow and continue to, uh, get better and, and, uh, starting companies and running companies, um, was, was a great way to continue to grow. Um, as I, you know, yeah. found myself on that path. Yeah, no, definitely. And I hear it. I hear it in your voice that certainly it's been a journey um, for sure. And, um, you know, I know in your in your book, The Business Beast, I know you talk a lot about uh, leadership and uh, also ownership um, because you are the owner of uh, many very successful companies. So a perfect segue from from our, our uh, discussion a moment ago. Uh, as your companies have grown, how have you been able to prioritize where you've been spending your time and focus? How do you how do you manage to have it all? Um, a lot of it has to do with just how you spend your time. I think, you know, it's, it's kind of, it's sometimes a vague term that's used, but, um, I'm not sure how often you actually look at where you're spending your time. And I, and I, 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 I you know, the book is really a self challenge. It's, um, and, you know, it's a hard look at yourself and, and whether or not you're acting in line with your priorities. There's a bunch of different ways where you can, um, spend time on things um, that you can change the way you spend your time and align your priorities with uh, your acting. So like one example would be, you know, a lot of the time you're, you're planning what to do and, and shifting the planning time away from time when you can be actually like acting and taking steps in the direction of your goals. And so um, how you prioritize your time has to start with looking at how you're spending your time and i guarantee there's none of us that are perfect but all of us are spending time on things that we wouldn't consider priorities and there's opportunities continually to uh, more align how we spend our time with what really matters to us yeah absolutely and i know you're you're uh you're uh friend uh you're you're friendly to the term inbox zero um which is a hack to working on high impact priorities and uh, there's a lot of things that you have in the book which i found really 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 interesting we're not gonna have time to touch on all of them including speed to action in the in the army we call a flash to bang and um you know a lot of things about how to again as you said uh have the uh have the biggest impact in everything that you're doing um so there's there's a lot to unpack over here, and again, you've been successful in many different companies. I'm curious, how do you go from 
as you said in the beginning of our interview over here, not wanting to fail, how do you go from being, call it entry level, to being the, the random average kid coming out of school um, to becoming a leader or maybe even becoming an owner of a company? How do you make that, that very conscious decision, as you say, to, to have that impact? I think one of the things that really worked for me and it's advice I give um, to some of the, the, the clients that I have and people who are looking to uh, improve the results uh, that they're seeing, but you need to make it uncomfortable for either the owners of your company or the leaders that you have to not promote you or to not treat you like an owner. You can do it. Um, I think sometimes we wait, it's kind of natural to wait until you're treated like an owner or you know, a promotion is available to start acting like you're interested in it, you need to change how you act first. One of the companies that I, you know, got, um, you know, that I'm an owner in, I actually, uh, I was just granted ownership because I was acting as if I was an owner. And the owners looked at me and they just said, it doesn't even make sense for him to not be an owner with how he's acting, you know, um, just doing, doing much more than is expected and really caring about the company as if it was yourself. In my case, I became an owner of a company because I, I looked at it and I acted like it was mine before I ever was one. And I think, you know, whether it's that or, or getting promotions, I think if you're doing more than is expected and you're just relentlessly um, producing results, you're going to get invited into opportunities, not even ones that necessarily are available or even, um, you know, posted or listed. Um, but people who want success will see you and they will invite you to join them. That's powerful stuff. Indeed. Again, I'm chatting with the author of the business beast. His name is Brian Dyer. Um, lots uh, of good advice there, both in terms of business ownership, business leadership, um, but even employment advice as well, which we appreciate very, very much indeed. Um, so I love the topic uh, or the title of the book, The Business Beast. Um, and uh, and certainly we're going to get all of our listeners over to your website so people can pick up a copy of this best-selling book about uh, being in the business trenches but how do you evolve into, into a business beast and what does that mean to you, Brian? Uh, this book was written while I was uh, growing these companies. It wasn't even, I didn't even start it as a book. Uh, I was so busy with kids and these businesses that I needed to try and find some still time, some downtime. And so in the mornings I was waking up really early and I just started writing to myself. And so after days and days and days of writing, I had this big list of lessons that I had learned and um, realized that there were some kind of common characteristics and um, really felt like I had evolved into s someone um, and something that has really become a force in the, in the world that I, that I operate in. And so I categorized it. There's, there are four different beasts that kind of have these characteristics that I feel like um, I've found. And I think everyone can um, evolve into a beast in their world and there are things that you can do to do that and once you become a beast uh, you really feel unstoppable in really anything that you're doing you just start finding success in whatever world you're operating in and so there are different lessons obviously in there but you will evolve your you will evolve in the world that you put yourself in and so you know as i talked about finding time 
and spending time on the right things, part of that absolutely relates to evolution and how you evolve. Where, you've, where you place yourself and where you act is where you will evolve. And as you show up every day, every single day, you're gonna evolve you know, over time and it's gonna be unnoticeable, um, but you're gonna turn into quite a successful person uh, in the world that, that you decide to work in. And indeed, that's coming from the business beast himself, Brian Dyer. Brian, I know you are the owner and operator of multiple multi-million dollar award businesses, uh, award-winning businesses, and a full-time dad, as you said, um, to three children. So certainly you uh, very much personify the business beast. And you, I know, talk a lot about some really important lessons in your book, which we want to make sure our listeners all pick up a copy of. What is the best way to get in touch with you, Brian, and learn more about the book? Uh, you can find me at dirework.com, so D-Y-E-R work.com. There's a link to my book. There's also, you can reach out to me. Um, I, I love I love working with people who are hungry to find results. And so, you know, I always start with a phone call uh, with potential uh, clients. Um, love the conversation. If there's a way I can help, I'd love to. Um, you know, the, the, the call's on me. Um, there's always something that we can do to get better. Um, in the world that we're living in. And I really like, you know, helping people find results mm -hmm. and seeing their success. That's right. Absolutely. Well, Brian Dyer, thank you so much for sharing your expertise with our listeners. We've got to squeeze in a quick break here on Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. You get on my website, shalomkline.com or find our latest episodes, which you'll be alerted to if you subscribe, rate, review, and share this podcast on your favorite app. Don't touch that dial. More small business jobs and entrepreneurship right here on Get Down to Business. Don't touch that dial. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. This is the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm thrilled to be joined by Nicole Morgan, CEO of Resolute PR, a full service into public relations and marketing agency, working with a variety of industries focused on driving and commanding results. Nicole, welcome to the program. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. So, Nicole, um, we're having this conversation in the latter half of 2022, which seems crazy. Um, so my first question to you, Nicole, is, is it possible for a business in this strange era um, where it's very crowded, very, very loud um, marketing space, how can a small business stand out? Uh, I mean, it's such a good question, and it's interesting because I, I think in the last two years, I've seen a lot of businesses and individuals really taking a step back and trying to ask some tough questions about who they are and what is the messaging that they want out there. Um, and so I think it's been a real positive for a lot of businesses because they've cut out a lot of the clutter. Um, but that that is probably where I would recommend a lot of businesses start is to take the opportunity to, to really stop, take a step back, look at what is it that, what are the services that we provide that we really feel we're strongest in? What are some things that we're doing or that we have done in the past that we just really don't feel like are fulfilling to us um, or to our clients or our customers and, and beginning there and then also looking at competitors and seeing how you stand apart from them. So important indeed, standing out in a crowded uh, online environment, crowded a digital environment is certainly something that I know all of our listeners are paying close attention to. But I know one of the things, Nicole, that you are 
quite the expert on is branding, building a brand identity, which uh, connects you with your target audience. Nicole, for a small business owner, an entrepreneur that's just getting started, how do you how do you actually build it? Uh, building a, a brand sounds like a lot of work. It is. And I think it's it's something where, you know, there are a lot of low cost resources that are out there and it's easy to to try to cut corners in the beginning and go, well, I'll just design my own logo or I'm just going to throw up a website myself on Wix. Um, and the, the thing is, I, this is so important. People really underestimate how much this can impact how people see your business and the quality of what you put out there is something that people associate with the quality of the work that you're doing. So I tell people, you know, even if you, you work with you know a college student or a freelancer and you can't work with a with a firm like ours yet um, really take the time to, to invest some money into what your brand is because it's going to be paying off in the long run and it can be really detrimental and almost set you back if you're having to do that later in the process once you get going. Absolutely. I'm chatting with Nicole Morgan, CEO of Resolute PR. Um, and Nicole, I know your work has been featured in the Washington Post, Baltimore Sun, and the Los Angeles Business Journal. Certainly, you know a thing or two about making an impact and standing out, um, which is the reason for my next question. I'm curious, what are some of the latest trends in these spaces of public relations, marketing, and advertising that you think our listeners should be paying close attention to? Video is um, certainly a tactic that is, it, it, people are just responding really well to it. I mean, if you just scroll through your feed on social media, even on LinkedIn, you're seeing that video is becoming more and more of a popular means of communication. People can, they can actually see you. And you know, when we're working in this remote environment, it's difficult to make those connections um, or it has been in the past. Yeah, so uh, video is certainly a tool that I'm seeing that um, continues to get just more and more popular. Um, I was just reading an article the other day about how you can make your video more engaging and just really using that as an opportunity to connect with customers and to show your personality, especially in a remote environment. Um, the other thing that we're seeing is that while the opportunity is certainly still there for earned media, which would be if you could get a reporter to write a story about you and, and to kind of give that endorsement, those opportunities are still there, but they're becoming more and more difficult as the media landscape gets more um, crowded. And, and so what we're seeing is that people are, are trying to shift more to owned content. And that can be things like blogs, it could be things like your company newsletter, it could be those videos, it could be graphics that you create, but those are opportunities for you to talk about um, the areas in which you have expertise. And it does take time to put all of that together. But again, there, that's content that you can own and that you can reuse in a lot of different ways. That's awesome. And it's not every day that I get the opportunity to speak with the CEO of a public relations firm. So just before we wrap up over here, uh, Nicole, what is the one thing that you want our listeners to put into practice this week? Ooh, I think that your very first question was a really great one to, to take a step back and you know we're kind of we're getting into the last quarter of the year it's time to start planning for next year um, really take a step back and think about your branding you know what are you putting out there that does not reflect who you are as a business or where do you want to go and what types of things do you need to start working to implement in the coming year. Awesome. That's great advice. Again, coming from Nicole Morgan, CEO of Resolute Public Relations, which I certainly want our listeners to get in touch with you. So, Nicole, perfect segue into that. How can we contact you and get in touch with you and your firm? 
Yeah, our website is resolutepr.com and we have a blog on there. You can join our newsletter. We send out a newsletter with content every single month um, or you can just, you know, can send me an email through there and I'd love to talk to you about your business and how we can help. Well, Nicole Morgan, thank you so much for sharing your advice with our listeners. Definitely uh, my big takeaway over here is get started with something. Get started with building your brand. Get started with uh, following the latest trends and subscribe to that newsletter that's on Resolute's website. I know every month there's some really good content, really good information that's there. Nicole, one more time, what's that website? ResolutePR.com. ResolutePR.com. Nicole Morgan, thank you so much for joining us on the program. And I'm very excited because we are not done yet on this uh, on this program, on this episode of Get Down to Business. I'm going to be joined by Anthony, Antonio Garrido in just a moment. Don't touch the dial. You're listening to Get Down to Business. We'll be right back. Hey, welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. I'm thrilled to be joined by Antonio Garrido, who is the author of My Daily Leadership, a powerful roadmap for leadership success, something that you know, I'm very passionate about over here. And I know, Antonio, you have uh, quite the background with over 25 years in senior leadership positions with world-class businesses, which is exactly what we want to talk about today. Antonio, <laughs> welcome to the program. Thanks ever so much. I do appreciate the invitation. Shalom. Hello. 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 Welcome. So um, I know you are a serial entrepreneur, successful business coach, author, charismatic mm. speaker, and I know you've worked with leaders from small private businesses right up to Fortune 60 mm -hmm. uh, companies as well. Antonio, why are you so passionate about business? How did you originally catch that bug? Gosh, <laughs> that's a good question. Why am I so passionate about business? Because um, <laughs> so love makes the world go round, but right behind that, <laughs> I guess it's business, right? Um, I, I've been fortunate enough to, and I think we all have probably, uh, to work for some tremendous leaders and some dreadful leaders too. Um, and uh, throughout my career, I've been putting together, I guess, uh, what are the, you know, what is a good leader? What is a great leader? What is an average leader? You know, what is, what is, what is great leadership? It's really hard to define. So I started thinking about that maybe 20 years ago and over the last 20 years or so have been putting together this uh, model, shall we say, for, uh, uh, for great leadership. I think that leadership is all over the place. Great leadership is hard to find. And so um, what I've been trying to do is trying to steer people towards greatness um and that's that's really why we put the book together mm -hmm. absolutely and uh that's going to be my quote of the week that's for sure um good leaders are, are plentiful but uh great uh but they become great leaders once they realize that they have to certainly improve um themselves and and, and others which is great and i know mm -hmm. that you have uh, coached many uh, many companies Mm -hmm. um, certainly with that mindset. So this is not a regular book, I'd say, from, from looking at a, a little bit of uh, the content myself. My Daily Leadership, a powerful roadmap being the keyword for leadership success. So Antonio, what is My Daily Leadership and how did you come up with, the, with this roadmap and this, and this, and this model um, for uh, C-suiters and senior managers? So that's a great question. I think it boils down to this, if I could distill it down to its core uh, principles is that lots of leaders think that um, the way to good leadership is uh, as a consequence of time served 
right? So they get enough miles under their belt or miles uh, under their wheels and they, by some process of osmosis, I suppose, become uh, a great leader. But that's actually not true. That's not the case. That's not true. Uh, I've seen tremendous leaders who are, they're not even in leadership positions, surprisingly enough. And then I've seen individuals who um, at the very top of organizations in huge and complex and difficult organizations, and you just wonder how on, how on earth they got there. They tend not to uh, last uh, uh, too long. But the principle is that time served isn't the key to greatness or to great leadership. The, the, the key to great leadership is, I think, really, more than anything else, is wisdom. And where does wisdom come from? Well, wisdom comes from evaluated experience. And evaluated experience requires a high degree of self-awareness and sort of emotional intelligence lies at the heart of, uh, of all of that. Well, unfortunately, people tend not to be nearly as self-aware as they'd like to think they are. Just ask most people, do they reckon themselves you know, better than average driver, and 80% of people reckon that they are better than average. Well, if you think about that, the math doesn't quite work, right? Um, so self-awareness at leadership level is in, um, uh, is in pitiful supply, unfortunately. So the book is intended to help people um, on a, uh, to improve their self-awareness. I, I did a talk, um, maybe uh, some years ago to a couple of thousand uh, leaders and I asked the audience to, by show of hands, who recognizes that they have some leadership blind spots, right? And so thankfully, nearly everybody put their hands up. So that was terrific. So, okay, some awareness of leadership blind spots. So good, off to a good start. And then I asked everybody to put their hands down and then for them to write down what their leadership blind spots are. And then things started to get rather tricky, as you can imagine, because as a consequence of them being blind spots, people aren't aware. They recognize they will have some blind spots, but they actually don't know what they are. And unfortunately, as you go higher up in an organization, um, uh, the principle of truth <laughs> seems to be in short supply, right? Especially um, especially if you're the person who, you know, signs the checks, decides who gets promoted and where people's car parking spaces are in the car park, right? So, um, so leaders need to develop uh, enormously better self-awareness habits. So that's a daily process. Um, when I then started to connect leadership, self-awareness, eliminating blind spots, daily process, evaluated experience, um, it occurred to me that the best mechanism to uh, help leaders discover all of these issues and to help them reach their own full potential, which then allows them to help their people reach their full potential, which then allows the organization to reach its full potential, is by this daily pro process of self reflection, which is journaling. And so I started to look around for, you know, the perfect leadership journal, such that I could give to people that I knew and liked and trusted and wanted to help, say, hey, do this. But as you could probably imagine, there wasn't, uh, there wasn't one to be found.
I'm chatting with Antonio Garrido, the author of My Daily Leadership, a powerful roadmap for leadership success. We've got to squeeze in a very quick break here and get down to business. We'll be right back when we return um, with more conversations about My Daily Leadership and how it can make you not just a good leader, but a great leader. I'll be back with Antonio in just a moment. Well, I promise I'm joined again by the author of My Daily Leadership, Powerful Roadmap for Leadership Success. I'm chatting with Antonio Garrido. And Antonio, you've already shared a lot with our listeners, um, so I don't know how we can uh, how we can top it. Um, but I know that there are some very, very key takeaways for, frankly, everybody, but certainly for entrepreneurs who you work with every single day. Antonio, we're having this conversation mid to late 2022. What are the key takeaways that you want our listeners to put into action in the week ahead? So great question. Look, I, I want everybody to be on a journey of self-discovery and self-improvement. Uh, entrepreneurs, leaders from very small to very big, right? Anybody that has any responsibility for people, for an organization, it's the leader's job to maximize their potential, their people's potential and the future um, uh, position of the organization, right? To future-proof themselves, their people and, and their business. Remember, Leaders lead whether they want to or not. They communicate whether they want to or not. You know, but most of all, they kind of they encourage what they tolerate in themselves and others. So this principle of self-awareness uh, in a very targeted way. So this daily self-awareness, and it can be just be as simple as, hey, at the end of the day, what is my what does my leadership report card look like for today? Would I give myself an A plus, an A, an A minus, a B plus, and 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 what would I could, what should I have done? What could I have done when I said this? What could I have said? What did I fail to do? So really, really have a good uh, long look in the mirror and resolve to be better uh, tomorrow. The book talks about the five key areas of great leadership, which is people development and company development and self-development and strategy development and leadership development. And we take leaders through this whole process of what are the elements of people development and how do they influence whether or not their people are improving in, in, in all of those areas. And so the book is, a, 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 sorry, the book suggests that leaders should look at themselves first, then their people and then their company in those five areas of people, company, self-development, strategy development, leadership development, and reflect every day on where they could have improved. And it takes them on a two-year um, program of that because it takes that long to turn around uh, in a, an oil tanker uh, sometimes. But it's done in a very uh, easily digestible, it's not a heavy lift, but it's like a pension. A journal is like a pension. You get out more than you put in. But any leader that tells you that they want to improve, they want to um, see the business do well, or anybody really, and they don't journal, then don't believe them. If you can think of any successful um, sports person, entertainer, or a leader, right? Think of the best and the biggest leaders that you can imagine. They all journaled. Is it a coincidence? No, it isn't. So start to <laughs> journal, start to journal, um, start to self-reflect yeah. on a daily basis, start to be structured about yep. um, the areas that you want to improve. And if you want to really know how to do that really, really, really well, uh, get the book. 
get the book. And that's the, that's a really key takeaway over here. Um, and I mentioned earlier in our segment in our time together with Antonio Garrido is that my daily leadership, it's not a regular book. It is really, really a roadmap. Antonio, how can we get in touch with you? And as you said a moment ago, allow people to get the book. Well, that's easy peasy, love and squeezy. So to get in touch with me, and I genuinely would like you to do that, and somebody will get back to you, probably me. Um, it's just Antonio at MyDailyLeadership.com. Um, and the website is www.MyDailyLeadership.com. And pick your store uh, from below and, uh, yeah, pre-order it. It'll be available from the 30th of August. Awesome. That's exciting. Uh, we are getting a very sneak peek over here. And certainly, uh, Antonio, you've shared a lot with our listeners that I want our listeners to put into practice. But certainly, as we said a moment ago, uh, to pick up a copy of the book, MyDailyLeadership.com. Um, you could get in touch with me on my website, ShalomKlein.com. That's where you get a sneak peek of each week um, who we're going to have on Get Down to Business, the show about small business jobs and entrepreneurs. But I always encourage our listeners to get in touch with our sponsor, Tom Arabali at HealthPlanChicago.com. HealthPlanChicago.com for everything Affordable Care Act and Obamacare-related. Um, that's a wrap for us here on Get Down to Business to Success. We'll talk to you next week to success. Let's get down to business. Mm-hmm.